another successful trip to the Alamo Dome coach. And I'm starting to think you guys like playing there. And I think it's an experience to go down there, especially the way that they've retooled the Alamo Dome for college football. It just seems like a great venue that although the coaching staff and some of the players have seen that before, it's good to get everybody a taste of the Alamo Dome. How was the experience before kicking off against Brandeis? It never gets old, Joe. I mean, uh, that they have done a fantastic job of turning that into a football facility. Uh, UTSA, I know they just hired a new head football coach. they got to be fired up about that facility. We really like going there. It never gets like it's not a big deal for our kids. You know, we've got some of them that have played in there for several times, others that this was their first time to, to play in it. It's a great place to be. The fact that it gets so loud, I think it actually feels like a, a real high school football game because sometimes you get in these bigger venues and the fans disappear. You don't really have that same kind of intimacy see that's not the case at the Alamo Dome at all no it was really loud I mean for for us I thought uh, you know the the group from Brandeis traveled really well of course they should it was right there in their hometown they were really loud anytime you got that kind of setting it just gets the juices flowing a little bit more uh, a little bit more focused along with playing a 13-0 team that we were playing big time atmosphere it was a tremendous day and our kids played really well looking at the game itself at this time of year, we've talked endlessly about how do you get better from kickoff to postgame. It feels like with each week, while some things are great, there are other things that you can tinker on. And let's bring up one of the, the situations that happened early with the kick return team and just how important the special teams play in, in playoffs. Can't be stressed enough how important that part of the game is. That kind of special teams play will get you beat. I mean, when you look back on you don't want it to be – when you look back and you go – Golly, that that gave them 25-yard field to work on. You know, defensively, we've we've made stops on that before. But uh, one of the reasons that we've been so successful as an offensive and defensive and football team general is that we make people go the long way. Uh, And we play on uh, short fields because our defense is in our kicking game starts it. You know, it starts with the kicker. they got to get it kicked where they're told to kick it. And you can't kick a line drive one hopper to anybody that's returning kicks this time of year or they will expose you. The overall story of the game really written in the physical way that everyone seemed to attack Brandeis. You went through something the other day in quarterback club that if they're really listening to you, coach, your eyes start to glaze over. How in the world do you get over 100 production points based on your scale? And you and I have gone over it before. The players all know it. The coaches all know it backwards and forwards. But I think when you start talking about stats, we all look for the big numbers, the touchdowns, the yardage, the carries, yards per carry, yards per catch. But you had three guys, in fact, the whole wide receiving core, grayed out at one of the highest levels you've ever seen since you instituted the goal board. And I think it all starts once again. It seems like we say the same name over and over again. But Jackson Coker didn't catch a touchdown pass but somehow he still grades out as the most productive offensive player and I think once again it speaks to how important it is to play hard without the ball it was an unbelievable deal but you know it's been kind of that way for most of the year what we did by by design going into this game is that we took all what we call the games off all the bubbles and the sharks which are little uh, two-man games outside and we took them all off and, and put all of our receivers on assignment to block you know, on all run game. And so it gave them a lot more opportunity. And frankly, we needed it because of the type of defense that Brandeis was playing because their cornerbacks and their rovers or their outside linebackers, who that's who our, our inside and outside receivers are responsible for, they're hugely re- responsible in the nature of their defense to run fit. It was just a thing of beauty. I mean, that's we, we sat there and watched them on video, and they're really good on defense. 
But nobody had blocked their perimeter people. They really had been unblocked all year long. And, our guys, and, and it was a huge difference in the ball game because that's where we won the game was on the perimeter. You talk about toughness. I think your offensive line probably turned in one of their tougher performances. You know, you saw Manolo Bustamante on the sidelines. And just when you think that he's out for the game, he runs back in there on a dead sprint, you know, fresh after icing up his shoulder. And I think it's unique to see that kind of toughness because I don't think people understand this is 16 weeks of football with only one bye week. And at this time of the year, you're not sitting on the sidelines if you don't have to. I think it's a testament to to really see in a game that was pretty much in hand at that point some of the toughness that not only the offensive line displayed but the whole team in general. This team is, you know, they're a lot of fun to coach because they are very bought in. It is a tough bunch. You know, and we've talked about this before. Like the worst thing that can happen is to be watching video with the team with their position group and them be seen in the eyes of their teammates on being soft or being less than physical or maybe going out of the game with some phantom injury. I have a training staff that's that's well-versed, and we've got team doctors on what uh, an, an ACL and an MCL, and those are injuries. These kids, there are things that they are playing with that everybody in the state of Texas is playing with. When you played 15, 16 games, Manolo Bustamante, Jaden Greathouse, he's not even 15 years old yet. He got rolled up on, and it was very scary for us, probably more scary for me than it was for him. And like two plays later, he's back in the game. They just, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here for my teammates. I'm not, I'm not going to be sitting over here with ice on my leg. We can talk about your senior quarterback. We can talk about your senior leadership on both sides of the ball. But you speak of Jaden Greathouse, and, and there's a kid that obviously people look at the grade but they don't look at the player sometimes. And because he's not the number one threat in the offense, but he showed up in a big, big way because there was a lot of attention being paid to Mason and Ryan and aptly so. A lot of attention being paid to the way that you used Kirkland Michaud in the run game. And then Jaden Greathouse just makes plays. When I see a freshman make those kind of plays and in the end zone, there's a great replay of Connor Halverson and a captain and a starting quarterback, Kirkland Michaud, coming over. When you're a senior, and you're a freshman, I think all of us remember, those seniors feel like they could be in college. They, they feel like they could even almost be you know, a parent. You know, They just seem so much older. To have that kind of camaraderie between senior class and freshman class is pretty special. He hasn't acted like a freshman at all. Physically, he doesn't look like a freshman. And mentally, he doesn't act like a freshman. Toughness, he doesn't act like a freshman. He gained their respect real early. And these kids around here, they really don't care, care what your chronological age is. If you can ball out and help us win, then come on. You know, that's why I always sit, tell people when someone moves in here from outside, you know, in a lot of places there's jealousy and people want to try to keep a new kid down. Our kids are completely opposite. They're like, hey, if you're a worker and you can help us, come on, we're going to embrace you. The fortunate schedule that you had this week gave you the opportunity to scout both teams. And looking at Katie Taylor and Cy Creek and having the entire staff have an opportunity to really take a deep dive, what did you learn about Katie Taylor coming into this ball game and what has the week of practice and the schedule change been like for the ball club? What we learned about them uh, is they are a team that's really hot right now. They're playing with a lot of confidence. I've watched them on video from early in the year. I know this, they played some really good people. The people they lost to that were, were really good teams. I haven't been focused a whole lot on what happened to them early in the year. I've, I've got plenty of tape on their four playoff games to let me know about them. They have an identity. They know what who they want to be. Uh, and that's to run the ball and play action pass, and they've got a good kicking game. And then defensively, you know, they are a team that's the head coach, Chad Simmons. He and I are from the same area. He's, he's from Needland. I'm from Port Arthur. He's a couple years younger than me. Uh, grew up in the same area. He's been the uh, defense coordinator for Cinco Ranch for probably 15 years before he got this head coaching job. Uh, the guy knows how to coach football. And so just really sound. We tell our players, let's talk about the elephant in the room. 
know, the elephant in the room is that any of y'all can look up and see that they were five and five. And uh, I asked my players the other day, I said, uh, raise your hand if someone in your life has mentioned that they were five and five at the beginning of the playoffs. And about half my team raised their hand. I said, good. I said, let's talk about it. They've had people ask me too. I said, if we're not careful, we'll fall into that trap of everybody around us that cares about us, that really is a, is a fan of Westlake football, will talk us right into getting our tails beat because we'll get, we'll get soft, we'll let our guard down. I said, I'm fixing to turn on this video, and you're going to see a team that deserves to be in the semifinal game. I think you switch on the Fort Bend Elkins game in the by district round where everybody and their and their dog in the Houston area basically said Elkins is winning this game and they got beat. And I think that's a, a really good testament to to how your kids' perspective matters and how you sometimes you have to tune things out on the outside of the field house. And for me, I look at it as an opportunity once again to play a team that's different to play a team that has an opportunity to play loose. There's something to be said with playing with house money. You have an identity of the fact that, Hey, we're not supposed to be here. We are all the teams that beat us are done. And, and we're the last man standing. That kind of mentality can be pretty dangerous. No, no doubt. A team that had its struggles, got to the playoffs. You can imagine all of the things that are being said in, in, in their field house about no one's giving us a chance. You know, I mean, I'd be playing that up to, you know, they've done a fabulous job of getting to where they are. I think you look at how they've won. They've taken advantage of opportunities, forced a, a ton of turnovers, done their job on on special teams, whether it's returning kicks for scores. Anything that they can do to get on the board and get on the board quick and kind of get ahead is is really what their mo is about, Coach. And you look at what they try to do on offense. If we talk week in and week out. Let's talk about the quarterback. Let's talk about the tailback. Let's talk about the guy that's thrown for two thousand yards. With this team, you got to look right up front and the three offensive linemen, and you can tell real quick why they can move the ball. If you ask me, who is their best best player on their football team it's their left tackle and the combination what's their best unit it's their offensive line you know and then the next one is their is their running back and they know who they are and they're big and physical and and it'll be a a, a real challenge uh it's not the first time that we've played against a really big team like this it's going to take great team defense they're going to pop off some four five six yard runs and we're going to have to do a great job like we always have is is swarming from the second level to put hats on the ball create some turnovers of our own. The one thing that we talk about or to our players about is go be who we are. Our team knows who they are. We have uh, defined ourselves, the identity of this football team. Go be who we are and be just a little bit better. Kicking games are always kind of a wash sometimes, but it's not lost that the last two weeks special teams has played a big part uh, because you have coaches that care about special teams. Personnel seems to be the problem statewide sometimes when you look at box scores and you see missed extra points and you see botched two-point conversions because they don't have the, the kicking game that, that I think everybody would like to have. You view it not as a luxury but as a must and I think the last two coaches, that the region final and now the state semifinal, care a whole lot about special teams play. And when you look at a field goal kicker that can boot at 48 yards, it means they're going to try to get points every single time they get on the plus side of the field because they have the opportunity to do. Explain how you coach to that this week. You know, just like last week, especially because we knew we were playing a team that's outstanding in kicking game. We know how much emphasis they put on it in Brandeis. You just have to stay on top of your team. They're like anybody else. Everybody, you know, outside of football, if you're not careful, if you don't emphasize it, then it's not important to them. And they know it's important, but in, in the game, it's like, okay, it's kind of like the whole team, it's time to have a, a punt return. It's like the whole team goes to the fridge to get a, you know, to get something to eat. No, we're all going to be engaged, more engaged right now these 11 guys that are on the field know that they've got you know 72 other sets of eyes watching them that are counting on them and i want it to be 
the most important that is to anybody in the state this time of year. That's what we did last week. I mean, when it came to special teams, not only the guys on the field, but the guys on the sideline were very electric because we told them that is going to be a difference in the ball game, and it was. Anything that you take from the last two years, especially with a guy like maybe Sage Luther and Mason Mangum, guys that have been on this team for the two losses in the state semifinal round, what's coming from your leadership this week? on putting that behind them and getting an opportunity to go play in this one and not looking at the past. Honestly, I don't think our kids think one thing about it, not one thing about it. Knowing our leadership core, that's not something, looking at more like what a great opportunity to get to the show. I don't worry about us looking past this one because we haven't gotten past this one in the last two years. Right now, that's a plus for us. This is not an entitled feeling football team like, all right, we made it to, we're going to state championship. No. You know, we got to go take care of business. Final thought, Coach, Wall Week is a big deal because you've made it a big deal. And I think when you get to the Final Four, it's something that is special. I think you knock on the door of a state championship, it's special. But I think this bunch representing Westlake, 50th anniversary of the school, it's not just winning this week and getting there. It's making it meaningful. And just judging over the last 15 weeks of football and even back in fall camp and even looking at you know some of the, the things that happened in spring ball with some of your personnel that stepped up. And I think of Will McConnell, a guy that basically didn't wait for somebody to tell him he was going to be a leader. He just kind of assumed the role. It seems like the personality of this ball club collectively, and it's hard for 16, 17, and 18-year-old kids to, to have that in-the-moment perspective that people care a whole lot about how successful this team can be with history on its side. Going on the wall is something that we inherited. I think it was tremendous. I, I love tradition and make it a big deal because if you can send every team on the wall every year, that means that you made it to the final four every single year. Well, you know, I don't care how many state championships you do, you don't well, you can you be proud of your program. This group, I've been well <laughs> well documented on my feeling about this senior class because they were seventh graders when we got here. Uh, I personally, when I'm 80 years old and I'm walking the halls of this place and I'm looking back, I will feel a tremendous amount of pride on looking at this team on the wall. Yeah, I just want that that team to say state champion by it. Coaches always thanks for the time and good luck. Thank you.